Welcome to the BWFA Healthy, Wealthy, and Wise podcast series brought to you by Baltimore Washington Financial Advisors. This podcast is informational and not a specific recommendation. Please consult with your financial advisor. Welcome to this episode of a BWFA podcast. This is Larry Post, Senior Tax and Planning Advisor. And with me, I have Tyler Klug, who is a financial planner here at BWFA. And together, we are going to talk about the new Secure Act 2.0. And just for everybody's clarification, we're going to break this podcast into two separate podcasts. So today, we'll be talking about uh, those sections that relate to pre-retirement, what you do now between retirement, and then part two, which will be in a later podcast, we'll talk about retirees, now that I'm in retirement, how am I affected by this new Secure Act 2.0? I am going to make a very, very large caveat. As with all new laws and regulations, please be aware that this provision uh, of the new $1.7 trillion um, spending bill that was approved by Congress and signed by President Biden had over 100 provisions of the Secure Act 2.0 alone. Understand that there's going to be a lot of clarification. So as we talk about these very high level, I don't want people running into their investment advisor, financial planner, thinking they're going to institute these tomorrow. Some of these have to do with company plans and companies and plan administrators will have to work through the new regulations to determine exactly how to institute. Uh, So the Department of Labor will be very involved in writing regulations on that side of this Secure Act, and the IRS, as usual, will be writing regulations for anything that touches people from the tax side. Again, no regulations, hard to determine exactly how we're going to institute these things. Just want people to know what's out there. So let's start with, again, pre-retirement. And I'll defer it over to Tyler. But I know, Tyler, um, years ago, um, plans were adopted by employers that had automatic enrollment. And one of the reasons why they did this was to help people save who either didn't know what they were doing, didn't understand 401ks, and it really forced people to save for retirement. So I know we continue to have automatic enrollment and employer plans, but what's changed? Yeah, well, I think um, there's something we see a lot of times is people don't actually contribute to their their plans. And so that is a, a big problem, you know, not having enough retirement savings. Um, not even being aware of, you know, employer matches or taking advantage of that. So I think something that the Secure Act 2.0 is going to do beginning in 2025 is really expanding that automatic enrollment that, as you mentioned, some employers have already rolled out. Um, but they're really trying to expand that to help folks actually save for retirement. Um, so again, beginning in 2025, there's going to be um, a required contribution rate of at least 3%. So employees will be automatically enrolled, starting to save 3%. They have to save 3% or they can opt out of that, of course, if they needed the cash flow. Um, but really, I think that the automatic enrollment has been shown to you know, help people really get that kickstart and start saving well. Um, that's going to expand where I think starting at 3% from the first year is going to increase. So then there will be automatic annual increases, again, unless the employee opts out, um, but automatic increases of about 1% until that contribution it's somewhere between 10 to 15%. And then that is really plan specific at that point, I think. Um, so the employer, you know, would provide those documentation, the documentation necessary for you to understand your plan and how that would affect you potentially. Okay. Yeah. I know it's, I think it has helped a lot of people. Uh, I started this a long time ago and people did not contribute. 
uh, and now at least it helps people save for retirement. Um, okay, next part I see here is we have this new emergency expense distribution. And I know in the past you were allowed to take out of a 401k for, and there were limitations, education limited to an amount, first-time home buyer, uh, emergency medical uh, expenses. And I think now they're coming up with this new emergency expense distribution. I think they've expanded it um, to allow uh, a maximum of a thousand annually without that 10% penalty. Understand that you always have to pay tax on the money because you didn't pay tax when it went in, but now you'll be able to take it out penalty free uh, without the 10% early distribution penalty, but you will be subject to a limitation of a thousand bucks. It begins in 2024. And most plans, and again, the plans get written differently, are going to require you to pay it back. And if you don't pay it back within a period of time, you will limit your future annual distributions. So it's not like a, I get to take $1,000 out of my 401k every year and I don't have to do anything. There will be some rules and regulations regarding that. Um, so next section I think is pretty unique. And I'll let you kind of just talk about it. But they're going to basically allow student loan payments to count as contributions to your plan for employer matching purposes. So maybe expand on that. And what does that mean? Yeah, so obviously, you know, student, the student debt crisis is, um, you know, a big topic right now, again, with some of the legislation that's been put out there. There's, you know, lots of folks have, um, you know, a large and exorbitant amount of loans. Um, so they are really focusing on trying to pay that down. Um, and maybe they're not taking advantage of the employer match in their in their 401k. So, for example, you know they might have to put in three percent of their 401k to get maybe it's a hundred percent match. For example, the employer would would match that dollar for dollar. But if you're not actually contributing, then you're not going to get that match. But what this secure the new Secure Act is proposing and going to um, help out with would be expanding that match to allowing employers to count student loan payments as a contribution that would be. A, eligible to receive the match. So I think that could help for those folks, you know, who are really trying to focus hard and putting a lot of their cash flow towards student loans rather than building up in their retirement plans. Um, it's just going to enable them to actually qualify for the match that they otherwise would not have potentially, as long as the employer allows it. Okay. Uh, a quick part of the plan, no big deal, but um, those people who are over age 50 are allowed to make a catch-up contribution to both an employer plan, 401k, or an IRA. And the amount that was contributed as a catch-up contribution to a 401k has been indexed for inflation. The IRA contribution, the additional $1,000, was not. And good news is, beginning in 2024, that $1,000 will be indexed for inflation. So the next thing, which is definitely a change, is this emergency savings account. And maybe, Tyler, you can expand upon that. Um, what does it mean? Uh, almost like this emergency expense distribution, but now they're doing something even additional to help force savings. Yeah, so this is going to be starting in 2024. So a defined contribution plan like your 401k, for example, is has the ability to add that emergency savings account. It would be a, really a designated Roth account, which can accept per, the participant or employee contributions. This is for non-highly compensated employees. Um, that contribution would be limited to $2,500 annually. Or that could also be lowered depending on the employer rules, but that the 2500 would be the maximum allowed by the new SECURE Act. And then the first four withdrawals in that calendar year would be tax-free and penalty-free. So unlike your retirement plans, um, you know, there are certain age restrictions um, and you could be penalized if you're taking withdrawals early, typically. 
Well, this specific type of account would be like that emergency account that would be penalty and tax-free if you needed it. Well, that's good because I think a lot of times people either don't want to contribute to a plan because they think I may have an emergency. This allows you to contribute in addition to your regular 401k to a Roth account. If you don't need it, it's tax-free in the future. And if you do need it, you're allowed to take it out without penalties and it's also tax-free. That's pretty cool. Um, Okay, so let's talk about, I think the big last section here that we'll talk about is this catch-up contributions. And here's, I think, two unique rules that came in. I'll talk about the first one and then Tyler can talk about the second one. But as I said earlier, catch-up contributions are for people age 50 and older. And you are allowed a catch-up contribution into your 401k, 403b, or IRA. And we talked about the $1,000 into the IRA now being indexed. But what's nice about the 401k or 403b contribution, in in 2023, it's going to be $7,500. And that was set already by the uh, old rules. So that wasn't a change. It was indexed for inflation. It was $7,022. It's going to $7,523. But what's very unique now is they're going to increase the catch-up contribution amount for those aged 60 to 63. So you got basically four years between 60 and 63, and your catch-up contribution will be the greater of $10,000 or 150% of the regular. So just think of that 7,500, you get 150% of that, so you're already over 12,000, you're greater than the 10, and as that index for inflation, so too does your 150% of that number. That begins in 2025, and then those of you who turn 60, or older and 25 or later get this extra, extra catch-up contribution. But what's very interesting about catch-up contributions, and I always say, don't go running down the you know street without looking both ways here, because um, the catch-up contribution now has a kind of a snag to it. And why don't you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, so they did uh, add a piece to this uh, new puzzle. Um, depending on your income. So if you earned more than $145,000 in the previous calendar year, then the requirement is that any catch-up contributions made at age 50 or older have to be made to a Roth account. So that's after-tax dollars, which is a a stark change from currently. Right now, you're allowed to contribute pre-tax dollars to both your deferrals and your catch-up amount. But moving forward, um, those catch-up contributions could be limited to only Roth contributions assuming that you make more than 145000 in that previous calendar year. So that is something just to be aware of. Of course, Roth, savings is great, whether it's Roth or pre-tax, but definitely want to be conscious about what you're contributing to, um, making sure you're reviewing that. No, that's uh, definitely a change. I mean, I guess it's good and bad. From the, the good standpoint is that my catch-up contribution goes to a Roth, and in the future, that's tax-free. I pay tax on the contributions. It comes out tax-free. My earnings are tax-free. The downside is that a lot of people try to put money as much as they can on a deferral basis because they're in a higher bracket today. And they're assuming when they take money out in the future, it is going to be taxed at maybe a lower bracket. Obviously, Congress put this in because it increases tax collection today. So anybody over age 50 who makes more than 145 grand, and that will be indexed each year, but it Beginning in 2024, they're going to look at your 23 income. And if you made more than 145000 guess what? It's Roth, not regular, which means paying tax on that $7,500 or greater. 
more money for the government. I guess that's the way these are always written. Um, well, I want to thank everybody for listening today. I hope that gave people an overview. Believe me, there is so much more in the SECURE Act. There's so much more in, obviously, the Spending Act. We're not getting into spending and Congress's uh, passing of the uh, spending uh, on the different departments of government. What we thought would focus on the retirement aspects and the tax aspects of the bill. By no means is it to be all-inclusive. So if you see something out there and we didn't talk about, we apologize now. Uh, we wanted to make this somewhat short, not too long, uh, to wet everybody's whistle, but more to come. Those of you who work with us on a planning uh, basis and or tax basis will obviously get some of this uh, much needed uh, advice as we move forward through 23, 24, 25. Nothing took effect yet, and most of it really doesn't take effect until 24. That has a meaningful impact. And I will make my last comment that I would hate to be a plan administrator because this is going to be a lot of work for plan writers, plan administrators, uh, uh, attorneys who write plans. There's just a lot more coming down the pipe. So take care and remember that part two is coming up. Thanks. Thanks for listening. For questions, more information, or to schedule a conversation, please contact Baltimore Washington Financial Advisors. Past performance is no measure or guarantee of future returns. Investing in securities involves risk, including the risk of principal. The securities and services mentioned here may not be suitable for every investor. You should discuss these with your advisor prior to making a final determination based on your risk tolerance, your investment objectives, and your financial situation. Baltimore Washington Financial Advisors is a registered investment advisor.